Welcome to PR After Hours, your weekly cocktail of news and interviews with leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. So pull up a chair in our virtual lounge. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will be right back after this. What's the one thing I harp on the most when I talk to my clients? It's it's about earned media and how we're going to get that for them and the value of earned media. And I'll tell you what I always tell them. They're saying, well, what are you talking about? Say, okay, if we get a good story about you in the newspaper, online, on TV, radio, whatever, if we do that, that is a third-party credibility benefit for you, right? Instead of you as the business owner buying an ad saying, we're great or our product is great, come buy it, come hire us, whatever. Instead, we have somebody else tell it for you. We get something in the newspaper or again, online, wherever that is touting the benefits of hiring you or buying your product, right? That's huge. Well, there's a way that you should also be working on your PR efforts to improve that kind of third party verification of what you're doing. And it's really simple. It's customer testimonials. If you're not asking your customers for a testimonial after they buy your product or use your service or whatever, you're missing the boat, particularly if you provide really good customer service. Now, I will be the first to admit, I have not always been great at getting customer testimonials. In fact, if you look at my company's Google page, there's only a couple, but I'm working on it. But I have some other testimonials in other places. I have great personal testimonials on my LinkedIn profile. I have great ones on Clutch and a couple of other places, but getting the one on Google, I must admit, is is probably the best one to get for your business, and that's the one I'm working on the most. The, the, the trick is, is that a lot of people just aren't comfortable writing them. Okay, but let's talk about seven secrets to powerful customer testimonials. Andrew Hines wrote this years ago. I think it's still really great, and he gives some really good tips on writing effective testimonials because he says all testimonials are not created equal, right? So he offers these tips. First of all, he says, write them yourself. And this goes right into what I was just saying. People are uncomfortable writing these or they don't know how to write them. It's the same problem I run into with my novels and my book, Cross the Board, Fiction and Nonfiction. People say, oh, I love your book. And I say, well, would you please write that on Amazon? And then people freeze up because not everybody, one, is a natural writer. Two, they may not know how to do it because there's a little bit of a process. It's not that hard these days. It used to be a lot harder. Or they just feel like they're going to look stupid because they don't have the words for it. So maybe if you write it yourself and just say, look, I'll write up a thing and you can edit it yourself. And if you approve it, then you can post it. How's that? And if it's not where they're going to post it on Google for you, maybe they're so busy they won't even do that. You can at least say, can I put this on my website? saying that, you know, this review from you, this testimonial. So think about doing that. That's a good thing to do is to offer that. It may sound a little, I don't know, arrogant or I don't think desperate, but first of all, if you don't ask, you'll never get anywhere. If you don't make it easy, you ain't going to get anywhere either. Okay. So that's number one. Good tip there. Tell a story. Remember this, an effective testimonial is not simply a breathless string of superlatives. This is what Andrew's saying. Instead, it should be a brief narrative that describes the customer's experience with your organization. And he goes on to say, think of it as two or three sentence case study that specifies what product or service they use, why they used it and how it benefited them. You know, it can be as easy as Alex Greenwood's company helped us create new messaging that got our point across in such an effective way. We doubled our sales in fourth quarter. That's a little, little simplistic, but that's close to what you should do. So think about telling a story with it. Basically just say, here's what I, I did with this service, or this is the product I bought. Here's the problem it solved for me. 
And that leads us to number three, show how you solve the client's problem. Consumers and businesses are more motivated to spend money when they face a challenge. This is why I've had a hard time at times selling crisis communication planning services because people are all like, yeah, crisis calm, it won't happen to me. Or, oh, crisis calm, why plan for it? If it happens, I'll call Alex or, or some of these other people and they can fix it for me then. Well, as I always say, you can pay me now or pay me later. But the point being, clients have to figure out that they're spending money on something that's important ahead of time. So if your business is one that offers solutions, whether it's fixing leaky roofs or perking up sluggish sales through publicity campaigns, the testimonial should describe the problem, how you solve it. Here's this example. We'd hired three other roofers to stop the leak in our living room with no success before a friend finally recommended calling ABC Roofing. They showed up when they said they would, were courteous and professional, and our roof has been watertight ever since. I highly recommend ABC Roofing. Boom, perfect. Number four, include a short, strong, standalone phrase. In certain situations, a short blurb is all you need to make room for. Make sure the testimonial includes at least one punchy phrase, such as the last line in the preceding example, I highly recommend ABC Roofing, that you can excerpt and use on its own. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Avoid industry-specific jargon in corporate speak. I think we all know about that. Remember, if, if it doesn't make sense to the layman, the testimonial is not going to be all that helpful, probably. And number six, include a full attribution wherever possible. He says, I don't know about you, but when I see a testimonial attributed to Steve S. Tempe, Arizona, my BS detector goes off. It's much more convincing when the person's whole name, title, and company name are listed. That's a good point. And number seven, make an effort to write in the client's voice. When drafting a testimonial to be attributed to a customer, try to write it as closely as possible to the way he or she would say it. To do this, first think about his or her temperament and speaking style. Is this person effusive and warm or formal and reserved, etc., etc., etc. Point being, Andrew Hines, this was he's a president of LA-based copywriting and training firm, The In-House Writer, and uh, I picked this up on prnewsonline.com, and I'll put a link, of course, in the show notes to thank him, and you can go check out this and more writings by him, PR News and elsewhere. Uh, I was going to say, though, that one thing that, you know, I just released a new novel um, in November of 2021. Uh, the thing that's been great is I'm getting a lot of nice reviews from ordinary folks, readers on Amazon, which is huge because particularly when a novel or new book is released, if you can get a lot of reviews that first week or two, well, you know, really the first three months, but ultimately the first couple of weeks, it's best, particularly if you have a five-star review. <sighs> four-star review may be more realistic, but sometimes getting a four-star review in the first week can kind of hinder the rating of the book because you get about four or five five-star reviews and then one four-star review and all of a sudden a five-star average for the book is down to four and a half, which can make it look a little bad. I don't really care that much about that, but it's something to think about. If, you, if you're if you going to do a favor for somebody and, and give them a starred review on Amazon, you might think about that, uh, your timing of it if you can't give them a five-star. The other thing though, is when we talk about excerpting the best parts reviews. I had Kirkus Reviews, which is the gold standard of book reviewing, give a very nice review, but it's a lengthy review. It won't fit all you know, in a social media post. And there's parts of the review that aren't as complimentary as others. It's a good review, don't get me wrong. Pick that part that's best out of there and it will help you tell your story better, right? Again, remember, testimonials are an effective way to have other people give you credibility. So please, if you're not asking your clients, if you're not asking your readers, and if you're not asking your podcast listeners, hello, to review your work, your services, your products, your show, you're going to be missing out on some great ways to build better credibility, increase brand awareness, and eventually succeed in your goals. 
Which reminds me, if you like PR After Hours, I hope you will please consider leaving a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts, if you could. It's easy to leave a star review. You don't even have to write anything, although I'd really prefer it if you could, while you're in there leaving that star review, which you can do right from your Amazon app on your phone, just say, hey, Alex has some fun, easy to understand tips. He interviews great guests, and I learned a lot. Or I put some of these tips from PR After Hours to good use, and it's helped me in my business, or it's helped me be a better PR person. Whatever you want to do. See, look at me going right in your review for you. Think it over. Find those secrets of powerful customer testimonials. Be sure to take care of the people who take care of you, and we'll talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Michelle Stinson-Ross, a longtime listener, occasional guest, and definite friend of this podcast. I am also the co-founder of Mindful Happy. I'm here today to ask for your help. Mindful Appy is about to launch an academic peer-reviewed study to validate how we measure emotion with emoji. We need the diverse group of 500 participants that are willing to engage with us over the course of five days. If you're interested in participating in the study and helping us by sharing your feelings for science, please visit mindfulappy.com. That's mindful, A-P-P-Y dot com. You know what that means. It's last call here at the Virtual Lounge. Be sure to visit PRAfterHours.com for links to what we discussed in this episode and more. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time for another round at PR After Hours with Alex Greenwood.